they will know we are Christians by our love. I remember as a young Christian thinking, oh, that means sentimentality, and I've got the, I've got the soft heart for Jesus type thing, you know. And then I found out Christianity was a hard road. It was going to cost me. That's what love was. Took me a long time to learn the lesson. So the world thinks it means to be nice. And the world passes that view off to us, and we bring that baggage in here when we come to Christ. And it's got to go. And, and I'm not saying that as I'm telling you it's got to go. What I'm telling you is from experience, as we walk with Christ, He will ensure that it has to go. And He will teach us what love really is. And it's to be with one Lord for all of eternity, not to a multitude of things. It's an entirely different worldview. So today I want to touch on a few things, just a few things about the way Jesus presents the notion of love and how he uses it. This is not exhaustive, so if you're thinking of half a dozen other examples, fine. The definition gets broader. If you're thinking of 1 Corinthians 13, it gets even broader. In fact, I recommend go home and do a word study of the word love in the New Testament and see how it's used. That's what we mean. So let's just look at a few. The golden rule. Do unto others. Now, Jesus didn't use the word love here, but it's implied, the whole concept. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, treat them decently from their perspective, not from our own. See, we, we treat other people as, as they benefit us. I like to point out that we see the whole world as it relates to us. My parish, my fellow parishioners, my friends, my wife, my kids, my job, my house. You see, the focus is me. But in fact, all those things stand on their own, regardless of me. So they're not mine. I simply participate in them. It's a different perspective. So treat others decently. I, mean, I guess you could say be nice. Well, you can say that. Uh, but we, we do it for a different reason. Because we are created in the image of God. Everybody is. No matter how bad it looks out there. Everybody is created in the image of God. And we have to be able to see that. And a willingness to want to see that is love. I had a parishioner uh, before I retired. He was a police officer. Police officers see a lot of people who don't look like the image of God. And when he learned about, about uh, that concept... He created a mantra for himself, which he told me he said during the day, especially when he ran into people who were not very much in the image, or acting in the image of God. And he would just say, image of God, image of God, image of God. He would repeat it as a liturgy sort of, to keep him focused on it correctly. And he was right. Do unto others. Well, that's a rough one. That's costly. A second one. That love is understanding and keeping His commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Well, we don't think commandments have anything to do with love. But it does. If there's anything we've learned in the Orthodox Church, is obedience in all of its ramifications comes back to obeying commandments. And we have to not only obey them, we've got to know what they are. But we don't know what they are. So we come in here with all our notions about what it means to be nice, even to God, and we bring with us baggage. And when the church says something like, that's not really what God expects, we say, well, who are you to tell me? My God is not like that. As if we create God in our own image and He becomes the figment of our own imaginations. That's what's called idolatry. 
So if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So we set out to understand what they are and try to live by them as best we can. Always knowing, thank God, that we have the virtue, the commandment to repent, to get it right when we get it wrong. Well, like repentance, either do we. But repentance is an act and gesture of love. A third one, do good to your enemies. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Pray for those who hurt you. And enemies can mean anyone who, who's traumatized us. And I can, I can assure you that each of us has someone in our lives, probably many people, that we can remember did something to us and we just can't get over it. I've said to you in the class that, that we should have a prayer lists of people for whom we intercede. And I think one of our lists ought to be people who's, who we remember specifically as having hurt us in this life and pray for their souls. Oh, that's a rough one. Because every one of us, when we come in from out of the world, wants to make sure that everybody who hurt us gets what he's got coming to us. I want to see them burn, we think. Oh, no, we don't. No, we don't. Because it would be unbearable. And remember what Jesus said? The measure by which you judge is the measure by which you will be judged. Wow. That's scary. I'm in trouble. I'm in a lot of trouble. So, do good to your enemies. Don't retaliate to them. Pray for them. So we put them on our list and we intercede for them. That's love. Charitable works. In, in Luke 7, the story is told about the centurion, a Roman soldier, a pagan, who built the synagogue, and it says, for love of Israel. He loved the faith. And some of the traditions of the church, some of the legends of the church say that this was Cornelius, who's mentioned in Acts. Well, that's true. But he did charitable acts out of love for God. And so love is doing charitable acts, and that's why those words are tied together. We do it out of love for Christ, and he commanded it. And we know that, so we do it. And that is love. Sometimes love is telling the painful truth in the story of the rich young ruler in Mark 10. You remember that story? And I use the Markin version for a specific reason. The rich young man comes to Jesus and he said, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you know the commandments. And he reiterated most of the Ten Commandments. And the young man says, I did. These I've done since my youth. And it says in the Markin Gospel, And Jesus loving him said, Go sell all that you have and give to the poor. He said, one thing you lack. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and come follow me. And the guy went away sad because he had great riches, it says. Jesus loved him enough to tell him the truth and let him go away. He didn't say, wait, I didn't mean it that way, or come back, let me explain. He let him go. And so sometimes we have to tell the hard truth, and that is love. And the society said, that's not love. That's being mean. That's not nice. And yet it's true. Years ago, I had a situation where a young girl, about 16, called me. And she lived in a town outside of Wichita Falls. And she was trying to find religion in her life. And she had been studying orthodoxy and wanted to come to see the church and to ask me questions. Now, this young lady had been abandoned by her parents. She'd been reared by her grandparents, who were salt-of-the-earth people. 
And grandparents wanted to make sure that when she came to see me, that she was safe, and so they came with her, uh, which is fine with me. Got to talk to them too. So in the, converse, in the course of the conversation, she came into the church, and we had a bunch of icons in the church, and she was standing right about here, looking at the icons. And I was standing farther back with the grandfather, and he was talking to me and talking about how he was trying to, to encourage her to seek this deeper truth, whatever it was. And in the course of the conversation, he said to me, after all, all religions are really the same, aren't they? Now, I would not have heard that come. I mean, I had three families in my parish where the grandparents were bringing up grandchildren because of the failure of the children's parents. Three families in a small parish. That's, that's a lot in any parish. But three in a small parish. So I, would, I had a lot of respect for these people. I would not have hurt them to say their, their lives are mine. I would not have hurt them. But he said that question. He posed that question. Aren't they? And I really had to speak the truth. It would have been unloving not to. And so I said, no, it isn't true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That means there is this truth and everything else falls short. And he said, oh, well, <laughs> moved on. And you know what? I had to let them go. Everything inside of me wanted to convince him of this. And he brought it up. I didn't. But I would, if I had said yes, in order to avoid confrontation, if I had said in that moment, yeah, you're right, or just nodded my head, I would have agreed with what he said. And I would have denied, in essence, everything I claimed to believe. And hence, I would have portrayed to that young lady a false notion of what orthodoxy is, or even what Christianity is. Is that love? I don't think so. See, that would be putting myself, my own comfort, before anything else. And I'm not saying go out there and be offensive and obnoxious and bowl people over. I'm not saying that. Just be careful. When the moment, we can flee from persecution, but there comes a time when we can't go anywhere. You know, it's like Fiddler on the Roof, Reb Tevye, one of my favorite characters. On the other hand, on the other hand, on the other hand. There always seems to be an on the other hand. Until one day you come to that situation, as he said near the end of the movie, there is no on the other hand. St. Polycarp uh, in the second century was persecuted by the Romans. They were looking for him and he found out he was the bishop of the church in Smyrna, in what is today Turkey. And he tried to, he went into hiding following that verse. It ended because after you flee to the mountains. So he followed it. He went into hiding and someone denounced him. And so he was arrested. And when brought before the tribunal, he didn't say, well, I, you know, I, I'm not really the leader of this church, and I'm not really a Christian. He, he actually denounced the Romans. And he made a strong profession of the faith, and he was killed for it. Same happened to St. Cyprian in the third century. The persecution started, he tried to avoid it, but then he, when he realized he could no longer avoid it, the, the persecution later happened again, he stayed with his people, and he was martyred for it. So sometimes we have to tell the painful truth that it is love, no matter how hard it is. And we have to then let them go their way, like the rich young ruler. We have to respect the image of God in them, which allows everybody to choose or not to choose. Not in here. We have to conform ourselves to this. We don't have a choice in that. 
only choice we have is walking through those doors or claiming to be Christian. That choice we do have. The next one is not to react to secular claims, that you're not being nice. You people are not being nice. We, we don't want to react to that. Years ago, I worked in a job and I had a, a, a fellow worker who liked to break out uh, Playboy magazines and show everybody what was in it. And I said to him, I don't want to see that. And he said, why not? And I said, because I'm a Christian. I don't want to look at it. Uh, and, and he looked at me and he said, you're not a Christian. I want to tell you, my pride was nearly baited. Except I didn't know how to respond. So I didn't say anything, which was actually the best thing that could have happened to me. Because I really wanted to defend my integrity. You don't understand what it means to be a Christian. So I didn't say anything, but I still remember that. It was like he wrote me so wrong, but the world does it all the time. You don't know what they say to us. You don't know what it means to love because love needs to be nice and you people by holding to these radical views are not being nice. By radical views, I mean Jesus is Lord God and Savior. It is radical by the world's standard when we don't want to react to it. Don't react. Don't mean nothing. Just remember that. And lastly, as the summary of the law tells us, do all of these things with all of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds, all of our beings. That's a big order. That's what it means to love. And those are only a few things. So when the writer says, have fervent love among yourselves, asking a lot for a weakling like me. I remember that wonderful commercial where long ago where, where a girl walked across the room and, and, and pointed to a guy who wanted to dance with her and he was shy and he me? Yeah, me? Yeah. You, 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 me, us, all of us. He says, come, have fervent love among yourselves. We in the world will have contrast. We will have different interpretations. And you must remember that the world's interpretation leads nowhere. It goes nowhere. It accomplishes nothing. It does nothing. And then there's ours, which leads us to an experience of God. And that's the essence of this. If we learn to love, our hearts will be opened and we will encounter God. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the course of the liturgies, up until ascension, Everything was focused on the work of God. God comes to humanity. He manifests himself. He walks among us. He goes to the cross. Everything is his work and the resurrection and then the ascension. And then suddenly there's a shift. The vision begins to look forward to Pentecost and the filling of the church with God, the Holy Spirit's life. So there's a transition. And that transition tells the tension shift, if you will for what God has done to what can happen through us if we learn to do what the Holy Spirit enables us to do. In this case, it is to love. We want to love as Christ loved. Love as Christ, love as Christ expects us to love. And by the way, as an, an addendum here, uh, Cardinal Montalban, He's married to the same woman for 63 years, so I'd say he, he sort of had that one down at least. Uh, 
I don't know about me, he claimed to be a faithful Catholic, and so I don't know about the rest of his life, but, but at least in that regard, he, he had a good view of love and he lived. Uh, and if someone in the world can do that, then if we have the Holy Spirit, got the Spirit of God within us, then why can't we? But see, the, the thing is that we need to be able to see it the way God sees it and wants us to see it. That's what's important. So today, one of our, our goals, one of our spiritual purposes, one of our prayer purposes, is to pray God to give us the vision of what He wants for us and then the strength to be able to follow through on it, to be what He wants us to be, to encounter Him as He wants to make Himself known and to encounter. And we do. Love like we never imagined love could be. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.